Matchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder, and it's great to be with you on this morning. And uh, welcome to each and every one of you, no matter how you're listening to us, whether that be on YouTube, TuneIn, uh, Podbean, or some other way you are listening. Thank you so very much for being here and uh, tuning in today to Sowing Hope. It's great to be with you. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my co-host and friend, Anna Santos. How are you this morning? Oh, great. <laughs> it's so good to be here on this morning. Awesome. Very good. And uh, we have a wonderful guest today, Anne. Why don't you tell, tell us about him? Yes, his name is Bree Sokolowski, and he is the founder of CatholicFundraiser.net. So very excited to have you with us, Bree. You got to unmute there, Bree. Unmute. <laughs> here uh, we go. There I am. Now I'm unmuted. Good to, good, good to be here. Thank you both for having me. A joy to be here. God bless. Oh, it's a joy to have you. Uh, and I love the work that you're doing. And you were in a successful career in technology consulting and lived in places such as Dallas, San Francisco, Paris, Abu Dhabi, and London, all around the world. And at the age of 27, you left what you were doing to do something different. So tell us more. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up obviously with my name, Sokolowski, very Polish, Polish Catholic. Bryce is the French, French pronunciation of Bryce. So I'm French, Polish, so very, very Catholic background. Um, grew up Catholic, raised Catholic, Catholic all my life. But then, you know, I think like most Catholics or, or anybody who is looking for the meaning of life, they're trying to figure out, well, what can I do um, with the talents that I have? And I was blessed to have a, you know, uh, I guess a successful career at a young age. Um, you know, I, I got to travel the world, work in very large, six big companies to see um, how, you know, the business side of things work, how people work efficiently. But at the same time, you know, it's if anybody's who's worked in a professional uh, pers uh, environment, it can somewhat sometimes be a little um, soul sucking. Uh, not to say that they're all like that, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, you put a lot of hours into a job. And usually, you know, especially, I guess, you know, I, I've been out of the, the professional world for a while, but you know, you really never talked about God. You talked about God with a few people, maybe just just because you know to to shoot time. But it was it was very it was very boring. So I thought, well, I have this professional experience. What can I do with it? And um, I found fundraising, and so that's how I got to where I am today. 
Well, I think it, it, at this time right now, for people like myself, who are actually a director for a nonprofit, and for even Bill Snyder as well with Patchwork Heart Ministry, also the founder of a nonprofit, you, your work is so needed for people like us. Uh, and so I'm, I'm very grateful because I'll tell our audience too that I've decided that the foundation that I work for is now working with you and, and getting your help. So, so far so good. And I, I'm glad that we've signed up for the program. Well, I'm, I'm delighted that to hear that uh, so far so good. Um, you know, it's my objective. You know, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm blessed to, to have had the experience th that I had in the professional world. But I, I came into Catholic fundraising knowing that, you know, you can't just apply, you know, business practices into the Catholic world. You know, I worked three years at a diocese. I worked with many apostolates, many religious orders, and you know, the focus really is the mission, Christ. You know, it's you know the bottom line is souls. The bottom line is not efficiency, donations. And um, I understand that. And I went to, um, I went to go get my theology degree, a master's. I wouldn't say I'm a theologian, but I really wanted to make sure that I understood the balance between, you know, doing fundraising correctly, doing fundraising efficiently. Um, so that number one, you're always focused on your mission. But number two is that fundraising assist the mission the mission efficiently so the mission is the mission and when god calls you to do more and you're you know you're stretched with your resources more than likely god might be telling you hey you need to get you know you need to expand and so th that's where i think is my um is where i excel is understanding that catholics first and foremost it's the mission it's the uh, saving lives and saving souls uh, but at the same time it's trying to find a way of not having a headache and stressing about where the next donation is and trying to figure out there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way that I can just do fundraising efficiently while I can actually focus even more on my mission. So that's, I'm really, really passionate about that. Yeah. And you know, I, uh, I noticed that about you, uh, very quickly, Brees, when, uh, when, when, when we did our other show, uh, Young Catholics Respond, I had you on, uh, just a few, uh, I guess a month ago or so on, uh, on that. And, and you, you, you've, you bring the passion of being authentically and fully Catholic and mixing it with all this other experience. And as you said, it's not just about bringing or having um, you know, this, this worldly mindset, it doesn't always just translate itself directly to the church's, uh, church's operations. And so uh, one of the very neat things, and maybe you can just talk about a few of them, um, it, and I love the PDF document that's available free on your website too, is that, um, is that Ten Commandments of Catholic Fundraising. And you know, I, I was surprised in reading it how how few of them seemingly have to do with actual like okay I'm going to go out and ask for donations now you know I mean yes there's some in there but a lot of them are about connecting with human beings and uh, being uh, you know a a a good Catholic first and and the the money kind of follows the mission uh, so maybe just talk a little bit about some of those and some of those um, because I'm sure there's a lot of pastors, a lot of uh, people out there listening to this right now that are going, okay, how do I, how do I do this? How do I enhance 
my um my 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 fundraising efforts while still being true to my core mission absolutely great uh, great question and great topic yeah so my website as you'd mentioned catholicfundraiser.net my 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 focus is to help everybody um and usually that means a lot of people just want a little bit of direction on what to do and they, to be honest they don't want to hire a fundraiser they don't want to spend any money they just want to know what to do so my website, catholicfundraiser.net, is pretty much me documenting everything that I've been doing probably, I think, for the past seven years. So I provide tons of resources. I always tell people 99% of everything that I do is absolutely for free on my website. Uh, the 1% that's not free is, you know, if somebody wants me to work with them directly and, uh, you know, I somehow have to keep the, uh, the website on um, from month to month. But uh, I've got the Ten Commandments to Catholic Fundraising. It's a free guide that people can download. And, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, it's just very practical. Fundraising is actually very practical. And there is a Catholic way of approaching it, which I think makes it more palatable to Catholic directors, leaders of apostolates. Uh, um, even if you're a religious order, you're an abbot, an abbess, um, you're going you're gonna to see that there's a lot of things that you're probably – forgetting to do just as a normal day-to-day -day, you could say catholic like for example um the whole concept of thanking people when you think of fundraising and thanking you think well i'll just thank them after a donation and like well you know the joy one of the joys in life is to be thankful for god's gifts you know um i even think one of the i always have a horrible memory but i believe in section four of the catechism on prayer says that one of the sections is on um, is to be thankful and to thank God. And so we have to think of thank, being thankful is an everyday action. And so I tell people, well, don't just wait until somebody donates and send that one card, you know, thank them, you know, throughout the year, thank people who even haven't donated. Maybe they volunteered, they commented on something, they gave you a call, um, they inspired you with, you know, a conversation that you had. So one of the key things is be more thankful and appreciative. Um, parable of the talents is be thankful for what you have as opposed to, you know, complaining about what you don't have. Um, so it's things like that that I try and share with people and then explain how that directly correlates to being more successful in fundraising um, and how to actually uh, ask for that donation. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And everything that you're saying, since I have signed on to the program. I know you said 99% of what you do is, is there right on the website and it's available for free. But the, the foundation that I work for has decided to kind of come on board with you. And, uh, and I'm, I'm very excited about that. And you have already taught me so much about the value of that thank you and the value of sending emails. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly didn't know that there was such a value in sending that email to do different things such as say thank you, to uh, give them an update uh, and other things, you know? So maybe you could talk more about that because uh, some people think that only on social media will you be able to attract attention, but I know that's not really true from what I've learned. Yep, that's correct. And, and with the program uh, that you've joined in, what I provided is, is the structure that people, you know, if, if someone's in a situation where like, well, great, I can go on your website and I can, you know, browse through everything and, 
you know, I've had people email me and say they've gone through every single article. They've spent hours on my website trying to piece things together. Um, but if you don't have that time, um, there is a there is a program, and I you know do step by step and work with you. And like you mentioned, um, communicating we we you know it, it's funny when, when we think of the internet, we think of like you know, there's people on the other side. You know, it, it's like. I don't know. It's like the road driving to somebody's house. There's a house on the other side of the road. There's somebody who actually lives there. And I think when people um, talk about emails and email blasts and social media and social media posts, they think they just, it's kind of throwing things out there and hopefully you get a comment, but, or you get a response. Well, what's really happening is when you get an email response is somebody actually clicked, read what you said, thought about it, clicked the reply button, typed something and sent it. I mean, there's a lot of actions there, and one person decided to do that. The same thing with social media. Somebody actually, and you know, this is the crazy thing with Facebook. You know, you know, the majority of what you send is probably not going to be seen by the majority of people that you wanted to see. But when it is, and somebody reads it, likes it, comments, you know, that's another human being. And if you learn how to get really, um, you, you learn how to do it well. And it's not to say that you have to spend hours on social media. I mean, that's what we're going to learn uh, together. And is kind of like tricks and trades of, you know, how to automate things, how to how to be time efficient, um, efficient with your time. Uh, there's a lot of things that you can do uh, with the internet to scale that ability of thanking people. And that's one of the key things that I teach is that instead of going door to door, meeting one person at a time, the, the internet has the capacity of reaching hundreds of thousands of people but also allowing you to see, well, I need to be really reaching out to these 10, 20, 50 people right now makes a world of a difference in, uh, in your future fundraising efforts. Yeah, there's a world of information on your website. And so just to tell people again, to go to catholicfundraiser.net. So I would love to hear more about your own personal faith story. You told us a little bit about the beginning, but we always talk about that on Sewing Hope. Uh, I know you said that you were Catholic, uh, you know, raised Catholic, and it was always a, a really deep part of who you are. Was there ever a point in your life where you came to a deeper conversion? Um, I, it would, definitely in my 20s. Uh, you know, as a, as a still, I consider myself a young Catholic man, but definitely in my 20s, you, you start, you know, you start thinking about, you know, what it means to be a man. And obviously to be a man is, you know, to, to protect people. Um, to stand up for truth and, you know, to, to, to be an example for other people. And, you know, little by little, you start, you know, when you try and kind of like raise the bar or, or have people see you as a, you know, as a, hey, he's a good guy. He's a good Catholic man. You know, people start asking you questions about what do you think of this and what do you think of that? And then all of a sudden, you know, your, your whole life is on display. So, you know, everything that you do has to exemplify um, what you believe in, the truth. And so, you know, I, I wouldn't say I, I ever completely left the church, um, but, you know, I, I was the classic Sunday goer and, you know, Monday to Saturday, I was pretty much, you know, going to work. I was working ridiculous hours, but, you know, I, I felt, um, I felt pretty, I was really bored. So it was much more trying to find purpose in life and then linking it with what, um, what my talents were. I mean, I met a lot of Catholics, who would love to do more for the faith, but one of the biggest challenges is like, well, I want to have a family, you know, I want to, 
I, I want to be able to provide. And they're like, well, if I go work for this nonprofit or this apostolate or this diocese, it's like, you know, it, it's classic. In the nonprofit world, you know, you can't really have a salary. And so I think that's one of the reasons why a, a lot of people, they would love to do this type of work, but, you know, there's no salary. And they're like, well, I got kids. And so that means you're, you're really limiting the, 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 the type of talent that, that nonprofits can, can, can uh, attract. And so one of the things that I got excited about, like, well, if we could get rid of the money issue, um, we could, you know, it's not to say we could solve all the issues, but I, that really excited me as well. Because, I mean, it excited me for myself because I'm like, well, I don't want to do my job, but at the same time, I want to provide for a family. So I had to figure out the, um, the solution to that problem, and then I found it, and then now I'm thinking, well, I can, I can help other people. That's beautiful. Really, really beautiful. Uh, and and it, I think what you're talking about is a really good lesson, too, for a lot of Catholics out there. Um, find what you're passionate at. You know, really discern. I mean, you spend a lot of time discerning. It's just very clear. You spend a lot of time discerning what your passion was and what God was calling you to. You know, God does not want to make us... Uh, fit into a cookie-cutter model. That's, that's not who God is. You know, God created each and every one of us to be unique people, <laughs> right? With unique passions and desires and interests. And, and He wants you to live that to the fullest. And in your story, Brees, you have such a great way of saying, you know what? I wanted to be able to look inwardly Look at my talents, look at my gifts, look at my strengths, and even some of my weaknesses, I'm sure, and and say, okay, how can I employ this for the kingdom of God? And that is such a powerful lesson for each and every one of us listening uh, to, to, to you today, because I because I really believe if we did that more, that you know, not not only nonprofits, but each of us would be living for the kingdom of God. Each of us would be living uh, to help other people. Each of us would be living to uh, help our fellow man and build up the kingdom of God. You know, it's like that uh, mousetrap game, right? Where each and every one of us uh, are, are are maybe a different um, mm. piece of the puzzle, right? Like, you know, I can't be both the yellow bucket and the green boot. I might only mm. be able to be the yellow bucket. Uh, but but both have equal importance, and I think if we all try to be the same thing, we never accomplish God's mission in this life. So so what a beautiful uh, way for you to really look inwardly, uh, and and also challenge other people to do the same thing. So so thank you for that. Bill, you said that so well, and and Brees, you as well, because as the director of a nonprofit, when we're talking about gifts and talents. Uh, I will admit to our listeners here that the whole idea of all the organizational pieces of fundraising, being this director for a nonprofit where we also have ministry work, you know, there's ministry work that we're doing, and also the organizational part of everything to do with money and, and being able to uh, connect and, and fulfill a mission, as you said. It's not just about money, but th there is a, a financial piece to being able to stay afloat, right? And so you have helped to, uh, so far in my work with you just just uh, over the last few weeks and be getting started, 
helped me to become more organized in that whole realm because, you know, it is kind of a full-time job in and of itself, I think. And just to be able to take the guesswork out of it, you know, or to be able to uh, just have more of a handle on all of it and understand what is most effective to reaching those people that we're ministering to and to keep this uh, nonprofit going, if that makes any sense. It makes complete sense. Um, I mean, anyone who's getting into the nonprofit world and wanting to help an apostolate um, or even the religious life, you know, nobody goes in thinking, well, I, you know, I, I realize I'm going to have to fundraise and I'm going to have to make, you know, possibly, you know, support what I'm doing. You don't really think about that. And if you think about that, you kind of put it on the side and you say, I'll, I'll deal with that when it comes. But when it comes, you're like, well, how do I do this? Like, you know, where are the answers? Who can help me? And, um, all of a sudden I see it over and over again. You're, Anyone who's responsible for fundraising is kind of, you know, left to their own, you know, you know, left on their own and like, well, you'll figure it out. And, you know, everyone that says these encouraging words, you know, hey, you know, don't worry, you'll, you'll figure it out. But then, you know, when you have trouble figuring it out, they're like, well, you know, they're kind of like, well, you know, instead of like helping sometimes they're like, well, maybe we need to change things. And next thing you know, the, the, the goals and the objectives start shrinking. And, you know, you had these aspirations to do so much and little by little, everything is dwindling and you're, you're trying to, 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 to fix the holes in the bucket. Maybe that's a, a good analogy, but then the, 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 the more and more holes and nobody really knows how to plug them and it can be really, really depressing. So I consider myself, uh, you know, phone a friend, like, what do I do here? And I'm happy to help because I've recognized that if I can help you plug a few holes, you start recognizing, okay, this is how you do it. And then all of a sudden the answers start coming from within and you start figuring out the patterns. One of my big things that I try and teach people is, is understanding the process of fundraising and figuring out how to think about it and how to relook at everything that you were doing. Um, you know, it, it's, there's a lot of obviously technical things that you have to learn, but if you can understand the real big picture of how to solve these problems and get answers, um, you breathe much easier and you uh, sleep better at night. And of course you raise more funds. <laughs> it makes so much sense. It honestly does, because I think one of the things that I see that you're, you're teaching me is the whole idea of really becoming more organized, the way that you do everything with all the interactions that you make with all the people, keeping track of everything properly, sending out those proper emails to thank, but not just after the donation, as you said. Um, now, there's another aspect that I was completely unaware of that you have enlightened me and I know you enlightened Bill too that the idea of the Google grant I didn't know if you wanted to get into that a little bit yeah the, the Google grant it's the it's the only grant that I recommend anybody apply for I'm not a big fan of grants just because it really is hit and miss and it's a lot of stress uh, but the Google grant you know, of course if you have you know if, if you don't like Google and you don't want to use Google then don't use Google but um, if you want to leverage what Google has to offer. I think it's worthwhile because Google, you simply, it's a pretty easy, well, Anne will probably say it's not, it's easy to apply for, but to, to finish sometimes uh, there's a, a few hoops, but it's not intentional. There's a technical issues, but anyways, the Google grant, it's a, you apply, it, it's really simple. Um, 
$120,000 in ad credit a year. So it's not $120,000 in your bank account, but I really think it's the next best thing because it allows you to advertise what you're doing on the internet. So if you are a Catholic apostolate and somebody writes something, you know, maybe you're an apostolate that wants to spread that, you know, praying the rosary. Well, the, the words, the key words, Holy Rosary, Rosary of Our Lady, um, any type of rosary, novenas. I mean, people are searching these on Google hundreds of thousands of times. And just like a business would use Google advertising to get people to know about them, you can do the same thing for your nonprofit. So even though it's not $120,000 a year, it's $10,000 of, of real money in your bank account. It is the next best thing because you can use Google's credit card pretty much to do something for you. So Google is like saying it's giving you a, um, you know, a lunch money. So you don't have to buy your own lunch. You just use that. And, um, you know, you have a, a lunch, you have a ad spend. And it, it equates to uh, about probably between 40 and 60,000 people a year see your website. And so these are 40,000, 50,000, 60,000 people that would never know about you if you hadn't done this. And so it's a great opportunity to get known. And then what I'm doing with Ann is we're figuring out, okay, we're going to get all these people to know about you. Then let's start figuring out, well, what do we do with these people? It's like, what do you do when these people walk into your, you know, you know, walk into your church? You know, you got 40,000 people walking into your church hall. What do you do? How do you explain to them what it is that you do and how you can help them? And so that's the whole process that we're entering in with the Google Grant. But very, very powerful. Anyone can Google um, on the Internet, Google Grant, and uh, see what it's about. Yeah, and, and Google for nonprofits uh, is is such a powerful tool as well. I mean, I know it's not even just the, just the grants, uh, Brees. It's also the fact that like I mean, we have uh, our own YouTube channel. We do you know, Anne does a TV show, uh, Journeys in Faith, on Friday nights uh, on on Patrick Hart and Fiat Ministry Network. And one of the coolest things about it is that you can drop in uh, cards that link to any website on your YouTube videos. So. I've put donation links in. I've put uh, my, my own website, and it pops up as you're saying it. So let's say like I'm I'm talking about Catholic fundraising. We're going to post this video up uh, or on on YouTube uh, for people to view. I bet you I can put a card right here, right now. If you look at your screen, that's going to say uh, Catholic fundraising or donate to Patchwork Heart Ministry, and uh, and you click on that, it's going to take you right to my donation page. And I mm. think that that is such a cool feature. I mean, even yes, the Google the 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 Google Ads is wonderful, and I've and I've used them for my ministry, so it's an it's an amazing tip. And you know, you also have a YouTube video out there that explains how to do it uh, in in depth. So if you're looking for more, I know we kind of glossed over it here on this podcast, but if you are looking for kind of kind of like detailed instructions, Brees has that up on his YouTube channel. Uh, all you have to do is kind of search that, and, and he'll be able to walk you through it. I think a six- or seven-minute long video uh, that walks you through how to do it. And uh, it's very easy, but but there are so many benefits to it. Uh, even You even get an additional uh, 30 gigabytes of cloud space in your email uh, through through Google's uh, you know platform. And as you kind of alluded to, Brees, uh, you know, some people might say, well, I don't want to use Google because of what Google stands for with some of their, you know, social policies and, and things like that as a practicing Catholic. But one of the things that you have to think about is 
is the new evangelization, and, and how do you evangelize out in the world? Well, you know, if we're only evangelizing to the people who are in our pews, then we're not doing much evangelization, <laughs> you know? Hmm. Uh, evangelization has to be uh, reaching out to the wider net, which, reaching out to the wider uh, group of people uh, that are that are maybe have absolutely no idea that the Catholic Church stands for these things or is about these things. And so um, in some ways it helps level the playing field between uh, many other organizations that are advertising and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, on advertising. And here, here we are as a small, you know, apostolate able to compete on some level with them. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, step one is, you know, with Christ, everything is possible. You know, that's number one. And well, my understanding is, is, you know, you, you, you move, march forward with Christ and then all of a sudden you get these, you know, these other things that can help you. And so if you're looking for other tools to help you, you know, there are obviously is Google for nonprofit. There's tons of free stuff. Like I, I speak to Catholic apostolates and they're, they're just starting out and like, we need to raise money. And like, well, why? It's like, you, you live in 2020. It's like you, YouTube channel, absolutely free. You know, you don't need help. You, you learn how to use hashtags. Facebook is free. You obviously can get Google G Suite. If you need help designing things, there's software for free. There, uh, there's tons of uh, companies out there that if you, if you go on their website and you do the search bar, like, you know, nonprofit access, you know, usually they have some type of discount or it's absolutely for free. So that paired with my website, I always tell people is like, you absolutely have no excuse not to be able to fundraise or, or, or say that I don't know how to do it or, or, or this whole notion, and I, maybe we should get into this, is, is Catholics aren't generous. People don't have money. Um, it's difficult out there. We just got through a pandemic. Look, the Catholic Church thrives under pressure. I mean, that's what we're designed for battle. I mean, we are the church militant. If you look at, I think statistically the first, is it the first 30 popes were killed? Is that correct? It's something like that, right? Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure on that number, but uh, but but uh, but I would go with it. I'm sure that uh, many, yeah. that's, that's the case. I mean, it, it's, it's uh, and they obviously, you know, the blood of the martyrs. Um, so, you know, from my personal experience, the, the apostolates that I'm helping this year, they, 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 they have raised, it, it, this is not to tout, but, you know, some people think that there's just no money out there and nobody's generous. I'll tell you what, Catholics, when they see a good apostolate and they're like, that's exactly what I was looking for, they'll donate. The reason that people think, oh, Catholics aren't generous is because they don't see anything that really inspires them. You know, they'll, they'll see a Sunday collection instead of having a homily. Um, they'll get some, you know, hey, where this is our collection for this. You know, every year they ask for money, but then you never really get an update on what's going on, what they're doing. Or you might hear something about, you know, maybe there's a scandal again. You know, you know, all my life, you know, not to be, go down the, 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 the path of criticism, but I'm, you know, I'm a little appalled how it's just, and this has been going on for 2,000 years since Judas, and I understand that. But at the same time, there's got to be the good news stories, and that's what I'm trying to tell Catholics. Um, if you are a good news story and you have an apostolate that is ready and roaring to go, get out there. There's tons of free tools, and when Catholics see you, they're going to be extremely generous because I see it every day. That's one of the benefits of my job. 
is I get to see the positive side, I guess, as a fundraiser. Um, and I'm not working with uh, large, large organizations. I'm usually working with like organizations that have been bootstrapped for the past 10 years. And they're like, we need, we, we, we need to rise up to the occasion. And it's very exciting. I could talk forever, but I'm going to pause. Oh, that sounds good. And it excites me because I'm in that position, right? <laughs> I mean, with, with the foundation that I represent, uh, would you have any advice then for nonprofits who have been around for more than a few years and they don't feel as organized as you're describing? Does it take a while for them to catch up, would you say? I mean, I, I, that, that's a big question for me is about how long do you think, and I guess it all depends, right? how long it takes for them to kind of catch up to where they should be as far as the organizational level and making that better outreach to those they are serving? Good question. Um, you know, I always tell people, you know, the Catholic church, nonprofits in general are probably 20 years behind, you know, the, the, the professional world um, in the ability to use technology, use best practices and stuff like that. So, we're, we're already behind the curve. Um, so that means, you know, the competition is, um, you know, there's always room. Um, so if you're, if you're behind, but that's the, that's the great part of at least being in the United States. Um, even if you are, you know, a, a small fish in a big, in, 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 in the sea, you can, you can learn how to do things very, very quickly if you're committed. And so that's why I tell people, just go to my website and if you want to learn, you know, new tools and strategies for the new evangelization when it comes to fundraising, it doesn't matter if you've been around, you know, I, I've, I've been, I'm working, for example, with one organization. They've been around for 20 years. They've kind of been slow and steady growing um, bit by bit and had some difficult times. Um, but they finally said, you know what, we need to get our act together. Um, and it's I, I, I shared them, you know, what I do and how I do it. And we started implementing it. And um, they're they're reinventing themselves. They, they're it's unbelievable. So if if you're just starting out uh, with getting organized, I would say step one: go to my website and say, "Look, I've got a. I can't do what the per, the, the 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 nonprofit or the apostle to my left and right is doing. I've got to do something different." And um, we mentioned earlier about um, the new evangelization. I think um, the apostolic exhortation by Pope Paul the Sixth. I believe it was in 72 or 73, one of the big things of the new evangelization is social communications. That's how they described it in the, uh, in the document. And he was, the Pope, Pope Paul VI was really passionate, like, and he was only talking about radio and TV, but he, he did mention, like, this stuff is changing on a regular basis, and uh, the church needs to keep up with it, because this is really important to be able to evangelize and um you know, spread the gospel. So he was very adamant, you know, this is almost what, 45, 50 years ago. Um, so the time is now just say, Hey, I'm committed and I, but I need help. And there's somebody there to help you. Yeah, that that's very good advice. Are there many nonprofits who, where there is say a director or an executive director, is it normally that there's like the whole idea of the apostolate itself and the ministry is most times that director or the person who's kind of running the, the nonprofit itself, is there, are there other people that are usually assigned to the ministry part of it or have you seen both? I just wondered. 
Uh, you, do you, I don't know if that makes any sense, you know. To, to, did you may re rephrase the question? Yeah, I guess I guess what I'm saying is, you know, there's all different kinds of nonprofits. And sometimes there's one person doing everything, including the ministry and the actual, uh, you know, logistical fundraising and all of that. Do you see mostly that there are separate people assigned to those different areas or I guess it is it varied? Well, usually what I what I find is the director or the leader is passionate about the mission. And so they really want to focus on the mission and then anything with fundraising, logistics, operations, you know, administrative, they try and outsource those to somebody else. And that it, it's, it's not a recipe for success because maybe this is not the best analogy, but I mean, I mean, take a, take an, take an abbot of a Benedictine monastery. I mean, look at the Benedictines. I mean, the, the abbot is, um, you know, a lot of best business practices actually have been referenced back to how the Benedictines operated their monasteries. And the abbot, he, he, he knew everything about his, um, about his monks and the efficiency. Um, same thing with, um, I believe it was, uh, I forget the name. Well, definitely St. Ignatius of Loyal was the same. Um, there was also a saint. If you, if you go to my website, there's actually a section on saints and fundraising. Um, these saints, you know, they didn't outsource. Well, I don't want to know about the fundraising. I don't want to know about the operation. They had their hands in it. And so what I usually see is the director comes in and says, I want to be focused on the mission. You get somebody else to do the operations. And it just doesn't work that way. You have to, if anything, have understand everything about your postulate. It's not to say you don't outsource certain things. But at the end of the day, you have to be accountable for absolutely everything. And if fundraising succeeds, you applaud everyone for the hard work. But if fundraising is failing, you have to raise your hand and say, this is this is my fault and I'm going to fix it. So not a lot of apostolates think like that. But the ones that are successful, they have directors that understand that the buck stops with me and uh, I'm going to learn how to do this stuff. I'm going to I'm going to take the leadership role. Um, and I'm not going to look to anyone else to um, to resolve these issues. Yeah, because from what you're describing too, the whole relationship with the people that you're uh, ministering to, those you're serving, those you're making outreach to, you want to know them and you can't do that. You can't really do that unless your hands are in it from, I guess, from what, what I'm hearing from you. Uh, your hands have to be in, in everything. And that's the thing. Um, and then that's where the world of efficiency comes in. Usually when I, when I start working with somebody, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're, 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 you're weak as fool with, with mission stuff. And like, well, how am I going to get the fundraising? And that's where we have to figure out, well, we have to be more efficient with time. And then we have to figure out, you know, what can we hand off to other people? Because, you know, I teach people how to fundraise. I, the best fundraising is always going to happen from within. Donors want to speak to the director. Donors want to have that conversation about what's really going on in the inside. So, you know, for anyone who's saying, well, we'll just hire somebody, it, it's, that's also pretty much a recipe for failure and a loss of uh, money because um, on average, uh, a fundraiser, if you hire just, you know, someone in their 20s for $28,000, $35,000, on average, they're only going to stay 18 months and they're only staying 18 months because either one, they realize they really don't like the job. So they're going to leave and they weren't very good at it. So you lost money and they probably didn't raise any money or the second, 
they do raise their money. They, they, they do raise money. They probably raise their salary in a little bit more, but then they recognize that they're really good at this and they can probably do it for someone else for a whole lot more money. So you're, uh, you're, you're, you're in between a rock and a hard place, whether your fundraiser that you hired was good or bad. And so I teach people, you know, you really have to learn this stuff. Um, that's why, you know, I'm the uh, phone a friend because I, I've been there, I've been through the trenches and then hopefully, you know, week by week, you start seeing the light and things get a little bit easier. Yeah. I mean, I'm experiencing that already with you, with having signed up with catholicfundraiser.net and, and invite people who are listening. We do get a lot of religious and pastors and people who work in churches that if you are a nonprofit, I mean, this is what you want to do. You want to learn from Brees, whether or not you sign up for his program or not, there's a lot of free resources there. Uh, and kind of getting back to what I was just saying before, there are nonprofits that are being run by people where they are doing the actual ministry and also all the organizational. So in other words, um, it's a lot. It's a lot for somebody like that. Would there be any advice on balancing the fact that maybe they are offering some kind of a service where half their time is devoted to actually doing the actual ministry work? And then there's also all this administrative and the as you said, you know, uh, balancing of the, the, the uh, financial administrative part of that job. How do they do that? I mean, is there a way to do that where they're not only are they a minister in some sorts because they're a nonprofit, they themselves, but they're also doing all this other uh, uh, management? Well, I tell people that if, if you do want to fundraise, I mean, the, the assumption is that God wants you to do more with what you have. He wants you to expand. He wants you to change. He wants the apostolate to grow. And if that's the case, that your ministry today without, you know, fundraising or getting better at fundraising is, is going to have to change. And so with that, what you did yesterday cannot be what you do tomorrow. And um, if you really are looking to fundraise, you know, fundraising is, I mean, this is serious business because you're taking people's hard-earned money that could go anywhere else. Um, you know, whether they're giving it to their kids, they're buying, a, you know, their, their spouse a gift or you know, whatever they want, they're giving it to you. So there's a serious commitment there. And so if, if you make that realization that, hey, I've got I've to fundraise because God is calling me to grow, it simply means that I've, we're, we, we have to change. God is asking us to do what we're doing differently. And if that's the case, and fundraising is part of it, we have to start looking at, well, what are you doing on a day-to-day -day basis and how is it going to change? I mean, there, there's a, you know, the great thing with the Catholic faith is, you know, we use logic, we use reason, we use our intellect, we use prudence, we use judgment, we use our knowledge, we use all of these things to figure out, okay, if God is calling me to fundraise, that means I've got to find a way to do it in a Catholic way, um, but at the same time, everything that I'm doing might have to change and you have to, and that's one of the big issues that I see with Catholic organizations is, but this is like anyone, nobody really wants to change. You know, you speak about the saints, this whole concept of building habits, you know, shedding the old, you know, becoming new, being more like Christ. I mean, it's a day-to-day -day base uh, effort in the spiritual world and their personal life. It's the same thing with an apostolate. If you have to change. And sometimes, I mean, the older we get, I mean, the harder it is to change. But even when you're young, you're like, you don't even notice your bad habits. And so you, you just have to kind of 
let go and say, look, I got to change. And, you know, that's what we're going to be working on with you in is figuring out, well, what, what's got to change? And, um, you know, hopefully it's, it's, it's a smooth road, but sometimes it's a bit bumpy. But at the same time is when you look back, you're like, wow, you know, we've changed a lot. We've grown a lot and we've learned a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a really uh, fantastic process because it's all good. I mean, everything that you're doing to help nonprofits like myself and others, it's all good. And it, I mean, I remember I asked you, I guess it was a week or so ago, how can I make this work? And, and you said something like, are you good at following instructions? And I said, <laughs> well, I'll try my best. I mean... So if you can follow instructions, then I guess you can do this, right? I mean, is it that simple? I mean, more or less. I mean, it, it, it's it's like the Catholic Church. You know, it, it's our faith. You know, we don't have to reinvent anything. You know, we have we we, we have the the, the 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 positive faith, and to be a really good Catholic is is to, you know, accept church teaching, accept church doctrine, and 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 follow, you know, the recommendations of you know, the, um, you know, what we've received as Catholics. And I think that's, that's a difficulty for a lot of, a lot of people is they, they want to kind of change things. And that's where you get into murky water. And that's where you, you know, when people, somebody says like, I'm having difficulty in life or, you know, obviously, you know, ailments and stuff like that bring a challenge, but you know, when your faith is tested, you know, Hopefully, you know, you, you, you've prepared yourself by saying, I'm going to follow what the Catholic Church teaches because, um, you know, that's, it's as simple as that. But most people uh, raise my hand, you know, every now and again, we want to like, well, I'm going to try this. And I've learned throughout, you know, my, my, throughout my twenties and, and now in my thirties, I'm like, well, now that little light goes on, I'm like, well, I better watch out because um, maybe I need to rethink this. And it's the same thing with fundraising is that, um, now I've learned it that if I try and do something different than what I've structured, I'm like I'm more than likely gonna gonna get into some murky water. So yeah, just like good Catholics, you, you just gotta follow the rules. You gotta follow the commandments, and uh, if you do that, you know God is gonna see that. He's gonna provide more um, of His graces. Our Lady's gonna see that. The saints are gonna see that, and we just gotta we gotta stick with the playbook. That's right. Yeah, and you know you're also teaching people who are. Um, you know, uh, those that are over a certain age will say, <laughs> and, and when you say twenties and thirties, how about working with those people who maybe are stuck in habits? They're in their, their forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, you know, like myself, mid fifties here and having to, you know, get myself in line with what's going on right now and making sure that I stay on top of that because it is a little more of a struggle for those I think sometimes that are over a certain age and remember how things were done 10, 15 years ago and they're different now. Well, well I, I always tell people that for every challenge that you overcome, there was probably a hundred people that gave up right there. So Amen. even if you're, you're just struggling to, to get the Google grant approved, you're like, my gosh, this is a mess. Just imagine there are thousands of people in that situation and the majority of them just give up. So the second that you have it, you know, you know, open up that bottle of champagne because you're like, wow, I, I've, I've come a long way and a lot of people are behind I like me. That. I, mean, I mean, that's how I kind of see it is like for every struggle, you know, and it's um, it, sometimes it's the little things for like, oh, I got to make phone calls. I got to speak to this person like, well, 
There are tons of Catholic apostolates or just nonprofits that don't want to make the phone calls, don't want to reach out, don't want to, you know, rethink the way they fundraise, don't want to change. But when, when you make that decision every day, and it's, it's the little by little, I always say incremental. I'm not a guy who's, we're, we're going to have a massive campaign, going to raise millions. It rarely works like that. I always tell people it's uh, one day at a time. I think what Jesus, I'm horrible with, with, with remembering exactly what's in the, in, 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 in the Bible. But I think, you know, Jesus says, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. Just worry about today. You know, you, you, you see the birds they're taken care of and every hair on your head is counted. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to worry about this silly little task that I can't seem to figure out and I'm going to do my best. I'm not going to worry about anything else. And then when you do have it done, you look up and then you're like, yes. Yeah. And what a beautiful uh, mentality. And again, this stuff is apply applicable. If you're listening to this and you're one of our regular listeners, uh, this stuff is applicable to your life. I mean, Bryce or Brees, you've made it so, um, you know, palatable. You know, you've made fundraising like living your faith. You've made fundraising like living your faith and, and living your faith like fundraising in some ways. And I, and I think that that is so palatable for just the average person that's out there listening to this. I, 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 I want to talk to maybe the faithful in the last few minutes of this and talk to them about uh, what the, the importance of um, being a donor, right? Like, we, like the, the, the average person listening to our program probably— is is a is a Catholic who doesn't necessarily have a big apostle. Yes, uh, we got some pastors and some and and some great people who are who are leading the way in the church, listening uh, to our program, and we thank them. But there's the majority of those people are probably just your average Catholic that are that are spending those mom and dads that could be spending their money on their children, as you said earlier. Um, what what would you say to them about? Um, the the apostolates that they're passionate about it doesn't necessarily have to be ours. I mean, it'd be great. it's lovely if it's ours, but 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 what would you say to, to them about those people or or their hard earned dollars going to their going to their uh, missions other than thank you? Yes, of course, thank you for donating to the Catholic Church and helping build it up. But what else would you say to them? Well, I mean, you know, I myself as a donor, you know, I, I really like seeing the inside story, and so more than likely. If somebody's donating to uh, an, an apostolate or, I mean, I really like religious orders. I really like ones who um, kind of go the extra mile while actually just do what I think everyone should be doing is just communicating, you know, what's going on inside and, you know, helping me become a better Catholic. Um, so like I mentioned before, Catholics, Catholics are generous. I think it's just the apostolates who've been, you know, have, 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 have missed, you know, have, have missed the, uh, Miss the target diocese and um, parishes. So when Catholics like me see a great apostolate that link with what I'm passionate about, and that's the great thing about the Catholic Church is there's so many different things to donate to. You know, certain Catholics love the pro-life movement um, uh, so much that they'll donate. Others like religious orders so much that they'll donate to that. Other ones are are inspired by you know young adult um, organizations. So the great thing with the Catholic Church is there's something for everybody. And I think donors are, are just looking for something that they really like. And oftentimes, maybe they don't know what they really like because um, it's hard to get out there and get known. And so that's why, to go back to the Google grant, it's so helpful because 
one of your biggest struggles as an apostolate is getting known. Uh, but if people know you, they're like, wow, I really like what you do. Uh, they follow you. They tell about you to their friends. And the next thing you know, you know, you're, you're, you're off to the races. So to those donors, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to do is help Catholic apostolates serve Catholics better. So that way Catholics see them and say, you know what, I really like what you do and I really want to donate to you. So that's, so that's what I'm trying to do. Awesome. Yeah, there's so much to unpack there. So I, I definitely would like to encourage people to learn more about what you're doing. Uh, again, his name is Breeze Sokolowski, and it's catholicfundraiser.net. Is there any other links or anything else that you want to mention to people that they can either like or follow any of your pages? Well, on, on, on my website, you'll see links. I have a, a YouTube channel where I do a, a weekly vlog and I just explain, you know, this is what I'm doing. Um, maybe they will interest you. Um, the viewer, like this week was, if you're new to fundraising and you wanted to kind of like get into the, you know, Advent is coming up, the end of the year, obviously big time for fundraising. If you're just rolling up your sleeves and you're trying to figure out, well, really didn't do much during uh, coronavirus, um, what do I do? I, I, I shot a video of three things that I think someone should do. If you're worried about, well, how do I, how do I make up for lost time? I've written videos about that. How did the saints uh, um, fundraise? I've done about that. So YouTube, definitely. I have a podcast as well that's um, on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google, most everything. But definitely the website is the place to go. And obviously I'm on Facebook, but I always tell people, if you want help, just go to the website, catholicfundraiser.net. It's got tons of resources. If you like videos, there's videos. If you want audio, there's audios. If you want to read things, all my, um, all my videos are now uh, transcribed, so you can just print them out and read them. I've even met a few people that they say, we print out your transcripts, Brees, and we highlight the key points. <laughs> so I'm glad people, you know, I, 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 I try and accommodate everybody because I know everybody's a bit different. Um, but, uh, there's an answer and there, there, there's, there's somebody that can help them. And that's what I try and be with catholicfundraiser.net. Yeah. You're really doing amazing work. (laughs) Otherwise I don't think I would have signed up the, the, the foundation would have signed up with you, uh, for your program to get more help. So really looking forward to that. And I invite people who are listening, Hey, check in with me and find out more about how it's going, uh, with our foundation. It's nonatis.org the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. Yes. Uh, well, this has been so much fun uh, today, and, and I think very informational and uh, very uplifting for a lot of uh, Catholic organizations that are out there. Uh, this is possible uh, to be able to do, and so, and so thank you to both of you for uh, all, of your, um, all of your time today discussing this and and, and being uh, who you are being uh, and helping the church, Brees, you're just a uh, great soul. So thank you so much. Amen. Thank you, Brees. And thank you, Bill. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you so much. Well, folks, uh, this has been an episode of Sowing Hope. Uh, until next time, from all of us at Patchwork Heart Ministry, the St. Raymond Donatus Foundation, and Fiat Ministry Network, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we look forward to reaching to you reaching out to be with us on our websites. And until next time, keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. 
For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.